0: Ready for this. Well, was good? Thank you for listening to the Two Black Too Tall Podcast. I am the host, Be Short the Dev. This is episode four. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, as well as the Be Short the Dev YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at tbttshow. Also, send any questions or comments to tbttshow at gmail.com. Just a PSA, I want to start a new segment on the show. It's going to be called something similar to Ask, Be Short. And I want it to be, it can be either, it can be like an advice deal where people send in topics and I give my, you know, feedback on what they should do. Or it could also be like an opinion thing, like what do you think about this topic in you know, real life. You know, whether it's sports, music, gaming, uh, something I talk about on either of the shows on the uh midweek show or on the Monday show. So just send any questions or topics and we're just gonna run with it from there. Send the questions to the email TBTT show at Gmail or the Twitter tbtt show at TBTT show. All right, let's get into it. This is the midweek show, the sports show, and I got a double dip of sports which is going to make up for the lack of wrestling on this week's edition. I don't think I'm going to do wrestling every week just because there's not always something good to talk about in wrestling that hasn't already been beaten to death. But there's plenty to talk about in sports. So, the first thing I want to talk about in sports is some football. i talking about some football today. Yeah. Um, So, last... on Not last week, last episode... I talked about Colin Kaepernick and how there was a study done where they asked people, they asked 9,000 or so people, basically, do you watch more or less or the same amount of NFL games? And of the people who said, I watched less NFL, um, I think it was like 26% said Colin Kaepernick's national anthem protests were the reason. 24% were like, game delays, the games take too long. Another 24% were like, off the field issues like domestic violence, I noticed there was not a group of people. I think I guess I'm in an other group because I don't watch much football. But the reason is not either of any of those. My reason is, although I am gonna because of the treatment of Colin Kaepernick for what has happened, that is an additional reason for me to not watch the NFL. But the real reason I don't really I really haven't watched much football at all is because of uh, head injuries and in health and CTE like to let me tell you how much little, how little football I watch and when I say little I mean I'm talking high school I'm talking about, well I don't watch any high school but college and pro I can remember the last few games I watched. I watched the Super Bowl this year because the Falcons made it and you know what a shock that is that may never happen again. So, you know, I watched it, but I didn't even catch that until about halfway through. I caught that after all the good parts had happened. I missed all the good stuff, and I ended up catching, I think I actually may have tuned in during that Tom Brady prayer shot, and then everything went all downhill from there. Before that, I watched the national title game, the uh, Clemson-Alabama game, because, oh man, y'all, let me tell you. So I live in Georgia, but I live close enough to the Alabama border that there's a lot of Alabama fans. And it was so sweet to just bathe in those Bama fan tears the day after Clemson beat them for the national title. It was great. It was the best. So I watched Bama lose. I I tuned in at the end of that too. Like I was actually going to skip that game entirely. And then I tuned in in the fourth when I looked on Twitter and saw that it was getting real good at the end of the fourth quarter. Before that, honestly, I think I'm talking about The Super Bowl before that (laughs) Like I kept up with sports news I kept up with football news But the last football game I can remember watching Before This past BCS national title game Maybe Last year's Super Bowl and honestly I have to look it up because I Can't even tell you what Last year's Super Bowl Game actually was Was that the Panthers game? Because if so, I might even be wrong about that. Cause I can't, for sure, say I even watched that game. I didn't watch the Panthers game. It might be the national championship the year. Yeah, that was the Panthers game. I don't even remember if I watched that game. I I might be thinking of the national championship before. That honestly might be the last game I watched. Is the two, the twenty sixteen, uh playoff the one played in twenty sixteen not the one for the twenty sixteen season uh yeah where Bama actually beat Clemson Yeah that's the one I watched so and I might not even watch much of that one that one report we might be going all the way back to the Super Bowl before that, and then I watched at the same time because I was in Applebee's. Now, I'm not counting, like, games where I went to a restaurant and the game was on. Like, I've been to restaurants and the game be on in the background, and I, like, kind of look, but I don't really look. But the last time I, like, went to a restaurant to watch a game, it was, like, the rivalry Saturday. It was, a, it was every year it was when Alabama did the – or Auburn did the kick return on Alabama. Because I was in Applebee's and the scenes, bro So I went there to watch the Georgia-Georgia Tech game Which ended in disaster for me Because I want to say Georgia Tech lost that game But then on the biggest screen in Applebee's Was the Iron Bowl And everybody around the bar There was a few Auburn fans and a few Alabama fans Most of the people there were Alabama Because I'm closer to Alabama than I am I mean, closer to Auburn than I am Alabama the city I'm in so there's a lot more Auburn people but bro when that kick return when that field goal return happened it was pandemonium in the Applebee's like I saw people running laps servers got knocked over drinks were spilled I mean it was chaos and it was like these people all went to Auburn And there was like the few people at the bar who were like Bama fans. And you could tell because they had been dishing it all game because I was there for I was there for at least the last three quarters of the games. They were dishing it all game, talking all kinds of trash. And then the field goal return happened. So that will be a, a day I remember for a long time because that was absolutely bonkers. Anyway, back to the point concussions. So, yes, I don't watch much football. I keep up with football news and I look around, you know, I watch ESPN and some football comes on. I look at it. But yeah, man, like, I guess my thing is I'm not comfortable watching something where the research has shown that I'm basically watching somebody's head get scrambled every play. That uh, doesn't sit right with me. The news came out last week, I believe that there was a CTE study done by Boston University. And, yeah, it was July 26th. So, last week, this research came out and they surveyed a bunch of people's brains from varying levels of football. Now, there's a little bit of, of bias here because they didn't just pick random brains. These were brains donated... By uh relatives of the deceased who believed that these people may or may not or may have had c t e while they were alive and and I realize I might be losing some people who don't know what c t e is um pulling up the wiki on uh c t e it is if Wikipedia would ever hurry up and not, you know, just tell me that they need they need money. Wikipedia needs money in case everybody knows. So, CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, is a degenerative disease found in people who have suffered repeated blows to the head. Um, a subtype of CTE is dementia pugilistica, i.e. punch drunk, as it was initially found in those... With a history of boxing, CTE is most commonly found in professional athletes participating in football, American football, rugby, ice hockey, boxing, pro wrestling, stunt performing, bull riding, rodeo riding, uh, soccer, which that's, I mean, that makes sense because they do hit the ball, um, and other contact sports, such as concussions and blow, who have experienced repeated brain trauma, such as concussions and blows to the head, that do not produce concussions. So right off the bat I know somebody's gonna be like Oh but you watch wrestling You watch soccer Rest, You should not get CTE If you do wrestling properly And the people who do Like like I can't go back and watch Old ECW clips Where people would just take Chair shots to the head Without putting their hand up To block the chair shot And like it's hard to watch Chris Benoit matches Both because A He may or may not have done his crimes based on the CTE, but also, he used to just, like, diving headbutt people. Like, I've done everything I can to not watch the, uh... I think it's Shibata Okada, where they just did, like, a, just a bare headbutt, and you could hear it, and it just sounds so ridiculously sick. The thud of their heads clapping together. So that's, I mean, that's that. Soccer, I mean, that is... You know, that's just, that's headers, right? And it's not as violent as football. Because football, I mean, this dude's getting absolutely laid out. You know, soccer is, is people just heading the ball, and they sh- probably shouldn't. But when you can't touch it with your arms, you know, it's hard to actually control the ball. And when you can actually jump up and use your head, it works. And I'm, I'm, I am I want to know the stats on uh you know, the brains of these people who are footballers are all around the world. Because you don't hear about it as bad like the way you hear about it with uh American football. Right? And you see these um like you don't hear about these things where you're like former pro footballers, former pro soccer players are like Going on these murder sprees and killing relatives and stuff. You don't hear about that in soccer. You hear about that in football. Right? You don't have these these uh, soccer players who grow up to be 50, 60, 70 and like they can't talk. You don't have that in soccer. At least not that I've heard of. You only see that in boxers and American football players. These guys, are, they get old they can't really talk, you know, it is like noticeable difficulty. So. That's what that's, you know, that's CTE. Basically, It's a brain degeneration disease. So what happened is they took these uh, and the problem with CTE and, and one of the problems with CTE anyway, is that it can't be diagnosed while you're alive. You know, there are things that we think are symptoms, but the only way to know for sure that somebody's got CTE is to look at their brain after they die. It can only be uh, diagnosed in an autopsy. So that's what makes it so difficult to um, detect. So what they did is they took 202 deceased former football players. Um, They took 111 NFL players. 14 former high school players and 53 former college players. And they studied their brains. Of the Of the NFL players, they had found 110 of the 111 had CTE. Of the former college players, they found 48 of the 53 who passed had CTE. And of the high school, former high school athletes, former high school football players, three of 14. And that's high school. That's for free. You don't even get a scholarship in high school. You just out there for fun. And they found three of 14. And I guess the thing that really irks me is the way that Roger Goodell's gone about this. Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL, basically the main man in charge. Uh, And what he's done, like he said something, I'm trying to find it. um, Where he said recently, like people asked him, they were like, hey, um, what do you think about you know the CTE study or whatever? And Roger Goodell, his response was, you know, oh, I think it might be a little overblown because these football players are going to live longer than you. They're, you know, and I was like, yo, and and there's other people who have made good points about this, but basically, it's like a quality of life. Issue. Um. I'm not even going to get into what Jamal Adams said cuz I think that's a little ridiculous. Um but yeah, Godell's quote was the average NFL player lives 5 years longer than you. So their lifespan is actually longer and healthier, and I think because of all the advancements including medical care, that number is even going is going to even increase for them. I, th- I think one thing everyone agrees on is there's an awful lot more questions than there are answers at this point. Um, and then basically what Adam said was, uh, well, I'm not, like I guess I'm not touching it cause that's a whole nother thing, but anyway, so that's just my thing. Like the fact that I can't imagine, like, this is always one of those signs of really bad businesses when something goes so far left. And it should be viewed as something that is a detriment to your business that you should be addressing immediately. And the people in charge go, eh, well, you know, let's look into it more, but not making not taking any actual action. It's just kind of going, well, you know, it's almost like you did the head in the sand with the players live longer and healthier lives. Because it's kind of like, yo, there's research out here saying that, yeah, it's longer, healthier life because they're they're healthier people. These are people who spent, what I mean, NFL a good career. You're probably late twenties into your 30s. so they spent the first thirty years of their life, you know, in a in a contained workout program. So yeah, they're going to be healthier, but, I mean, like, nah, man, that's it's not that deep. Like I like between that and between the way that these owners have kind of treated Colin Kaepernick in the wake of his protests. I can't. Uh, yeah, I'm not watching much football. I don't, it might not even matter how successful the Falcons are because I, you know, I love some Falcons, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I just I can look at the news. I laugh at the jokes. I look at the scores. and I look at highlight plays like highlight plays are cool with me. Be, I I love watching some highlight plays on YouTube, especially if it's something uploaded by somebody else because the NFL ain't made no money off me. I don't know. You know, but I definitely can't watch the games live. I don't want to at least not directly give my money to, to the NFL and these owners. Um anyway, from football to football. Um in soccer, because I know I have a very Americanized audience, so I'm, I'm just gonna call it soccer just to keep it easier to say although I may jump between calling it soccer and football my favorite team over across the pond is Barcelona FC Barcelona and they are in a major transfer saga with one of their stars Neymar so for the Americans out there who don't understand what transfers are it's kind of like free agency and it's kind of like a trade it's basically like an NBA trade where Uh, You trade cash Considerations for a player So what the teams do Is they go like If if a team wants a player They say yo we want To buy that player off you It's not as slavey as it kind of seems It kind of is But there are a few things That kind of make it seem a little less slave like But um You know basically We want to buy that player's contract Or we want to buy that player we want going to buy the rights to negotiate a contract with that player. Basically is what it is, is we're going to pay you the team X usually millions of, of over there euros or pounds to, for the right to negotiate with that player, negotiate a new contract and let him play for us. We're going to pay you to void his contract and let him negotiate a new contract with us. And that's what happened. That's what's happening with Neymar. So Neymar has in his clause uh, with Barcelona's contract, a, 222 million euro Buyout clause I believe And one of the richest clubs in Europe uh, Paris St. Germain PSG Is Trying to meet it now There's issues about whether Or not they can which is Just because there's this thing called Financial fair play which To simplify it a lot without Having to spend time explaining it A team can only spend the money That it earns Because what was happening in the mid-2000s is these uh, rich businessmen from all over the world. There are rich businessmen in America, bought a few teams. Rich businessmen in Saudi Arabia, bought a few European teams. Rich men in Qatar, bought some teams. In the UAE, bought some teams. Uh, Asian businessmen bought teams. They were just coming in and pumping billions of dollars into these teams that weren't all that good. Uh, Red Bull bought a few teams. The company Red Bull bought a few teams and they just pumped billions and billions of dollars into the infrastructure, billions and billions of dollars into the coaching staffs, into the youth programs, and then into players, into transfer, the transfer budget, so that they could then go out and buy a bunch of players every year to instantly turn them from eh to great. And PSG was one of those teams. They got bought by some oil tycoons. And now we're at the point where, you know, they instituted financial fair play. So now it's only what you earn can be used towards players. That's how, like, that's why even like Manchester United can keep making these big, huge transfers for Pogba and Lukaku this year is because... They've got a sponsor for everything. And there's more money coming into the club. So PSG said, all right, we got 222 million here. We want to negotiate with Neymar. Now, it's unknown whether PSG actually has 222 million euros. But either way, it seems like Neymar is certainly gone from Barcelona. There's been all these farewell posts. I think Messi wrote a farewell post. Messi's the star player. And basically what this is, is, is this is kind of like what's going on in, with the Cleveland Cavs. For those who are wondering, one of the stars wants to leave. He's he's tired of playing where he's at and he wants to go. And there's people who want to buy him. Uh, but my thing is, I think a lot of people, I think some people are kind of looking at this as Barcelona is about to go down the toilet because They've really been working on the strength of their of their offense. They've been working hard on the strength of MSN, Messi, Suarez and Neymar. But. I think with this 200 something million euros coming in for Neymar, plus the money freed up by not having to pay Neymar's contract, they are about to have the money to go out and make some real good, real big signings. Um, they really should try to get Verratti from PSG in this deal because that might help PSG offset some of the cost because if Barcelona could get Verratti, that would be great because Verratti's the kind of player they need because Barcelona's midfield's been terrible these last few years, um, especially this last year where they brought in what's it, uh, um, was it Andre Gomez and he hadn't been all that great. Um, Sergio Roberto's okay. Nobody's coming through the youth system You know There's no backup for Messi Or Suarez Well they got Paco Alcacer But I mean That's one that's one person It's Paco Alcacer They lost Neymar this year They lost Danny Alves Last year they gave Danny Alves away He was someone who could have Bombed forward and played up front Did they need him? He went to Juventus Now he's also at Paris Saint-Germain So that may also be a reason Neymar is going to PSG. But also, I mean, oh my goodness, PSG is looking so strong with Neymar, Suarez up front, and whoever they decide to put out right, honestly. I think right now it's Lucas Moura. But, I mean, just imagine Neymar Cavani. I think I might have said Suarez just now, but it's Neymar Cavani. I, I confused them too Because they're both The Uruguayan strikers Cavani and Suarez But uh, Neymar and Cavani Because all Cavani needs Is space And the ball's going In the back of the net And Neymar is space So it'll be interesting I hope that Barcelona can get Something back Either get Matuidi Or get Verratti Because The midfield Is where the help Is needed They need help On the On the defense I think as well But I think Umtiti was working pretty good. So, I think this is the blessing in disguise You're getting 200 something million. Neymar is an outlier. Neymar is a star and he's going to be a star for the next 10 years. So, you know, most other people will probably go for around 40 to 80 million. So, get you variety. Um maybe try get between look around and see who else might want to go. Maybe go back to Bayern and try to steal back Tiago or maybe get like Renato Sanchez or someone. I know that they got Semedo, I think. They got Semedo for the defense. So that's good. There's just the help needs to be in the in the middle, man. Cuz Rakitic cannot do it all by himself. Iniesta is too old. Gomez is not good. Arteta Turan. I he's okay, but he ain't no Sergio Busquets. And Sergio Busquets is getting old. So I think this is a good thing for Barcelona. It might not be good this year. I'm pretty sure Real is going to win the title again this year. Unless, you know, Atletico Madrid gets somebody excellent. When I think their transfer ban is up in January. So I think Real Madrid has safely got this title in hand. But I think down the road, having this money, being able to invest it and get some good players. And kind of maybe refocus... And not get carried by your attack, because I feel like they kind of got carried by the attack, and they could take more risk in signing players. Because I don't know what goes through your mind to get like a guy like Andre Gomez. I don't know what goes through your mind to get uh, Luca Digne. Like the guys they bought is just so weird. It was so so weird to see those guys be the ones to get purchased. But anyway, all right, so now to the music section, and I promised y'all that I was going to talk about some old school, and that's what I did. So what I've been doing, it was a couple months ago, I looked up a list of like the 25 all time best rap albums or something. I forget who published it, and I couldn't even find it when I looked today, but I wrote down the list on uh, my desktop. And some of the albums I'd listened to already. Let me give you a quick backstory on my musical history. So I was born in 92. So by default, I missed a lot of the good air quotes rap coming up just from not being born and being too young to really be listening to rap like that. And then the mid 2000s came and I listened to what was happening in the mid 2000s. I'm in the South. So it's all about the Atlanta stuff. And then when I get to college, I don't know what happened, but some kind of clicked. And i really was into the old school hip-hop you know and i was one of those dudes like uh, rap and hip-hop aren't the same and you know rap got real hip-hop's gotta have a dj i was a real hip-hop one of them dudes i had that phase in college and through through after college to be honest it wasn't until like last year the year before where i really just kind of was like you know what, man music is music good music is good music there's merit in most everybody um, But there's still a lot of stuff I didn't listen to Because like I said, I was born in 92 So by the time I really got into music like that You know, I was a part of the I wasn't part of the I'm gonna go to the store and buy the album Like my mom was My mom had like I remember growing up my mom had tapes Not just CDs She had tapes of songs and and albums And so yeah, she would have like tapes She had like a rack of tapes And she had a rack of CDs And I wasn't a part of that generation When I got to it Right when I actually got to getting music And listening to music I was the I'm going to download this one song And you know the only time I heard albums Was when like my mom bought an album And like the only albums I heard growing up I got there was the Busta Rhymes album That one that came out in the mid 2000s that had a uh, touch it and hurt and um in the ghetto on it. I forget the name of it though. Uh T I vs T I P, Jay-Z's black album. She had Fuji Law from the from the nineties. I remember she had Fuji La. But Yeah, that was it. That was like all I had on like albums. And then I got through college, I had my real hip hop phase, I listened to all the KRS-One, I listened to all the Public Enemy, I listened to the Run DMC, I listened to the Airbnb and Rakim. And then, you know, I did this. I said, I want a much more firm grounding in hip hop music. So I said, I'm about to listen to everything. So I started with the 25 seminal rap albums, right? And some of them I listened to before I started making this podcast. And some of them I listened to, period. Like I listened to It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. I listened to Ilmatic. I listened to um, Paid in Full. I listened to 36 Chambers So I just decided, all right, I'm going to listen to these ones that I have not listened to already and talk about those on the podcast. So today. I'm talking about Big Pun, Capital Punishment. Yes, yes, y'all. A classic. And when I heard it, I was just sitting there thinking, like, this is the debut. This is such a good debut. This is such a good album. Um previously, before I started, before I listened to this album in the past, I had heard Still Not a Player, and I'd heard Twins. I'd heard still not a player because when I got my car, you know they give you the three months Sirius subscription for free. And first off, I want to do a sidebar: Why are people Why is Sirius still asking people to pay for it? All the good stuff on Sirius XM can be found on the internet for free. And it's twenty seventeen. Almost everybody has either an aux cord or Bluetooth. So who is out here paying for Sirius? Like they got the nerve to be out here really making like charging for Sirius, like charging for it. Like Spotify, like I would just pay for Spotify. Anyway, I heard Still Not Player because you get the Sirius subscription, and I was going. I was still kind of in that phase of only the hip hop I like is real hip hop, so I was listening to Backspin all the time, and you know Backspin only got like twelve songs on it. So they played Still Not Player a lot. And I heard Twins on Saints Row 2, I want to say. And another quick sidebar, and this may be a discussion for another day. Uh, Saints Row as a series greater than Grand Theft Auto. I just want to throw that out there. Anyway. Yeah, man. So I had heard Twins and I'd heard Still Not A Player. But there were so many songs on here That I liked Like usually I listen to an album Like one of these albums And there's some cool songs But there's not much that I'm like Yo I'm gonna go back and play this again But I could go and listen to Capital Punishment A lot Caribbean Connection was good Super Lyrical was good Glamour Life's good Capital Punishment is good The title track The Rain and the Sun is a cool little interlude Tres Leches is good there is so much quality on this album. And really, I think, even looking back just at Big Pun the person, the Big Pun the rapper, I think he's kind of like one of those real what ifs. Like, what if Big Pun would have stayed? Like, what if Big Pun would not have passed away? And he would have stayed making albums with Terror Squad. Like, where would Pun's star have kind of stopped? Right? Like, where would we be looking at Big Pun if he'd have kept making albums? Because I think part of the reason that we look at Big Pun as kind of like this great artist. Of course, most of it is on his skill, and I'm going to touch on his skill in a second. But I think a lot of it is... Because, I mean, this album is just so, it's so on point. Like, it's on point to a comical degree. And, but I think another reason is because we don't have a lot of work and then he dies. And, You know as sad as it is to say that it is like a oh yeah you know we're gonna kind of lionize him just because he died and I don't think that's fair right you know because it's hard because you got like capital punishment comes out and it's great and then it's so hard which comes out and it's after he's passed I believe Or it was recorded Very much before Like very close to when he passed I'm looking at it now I pulled up the Wikipedia It's So Hard Um, Came out in 2000 It was on the Yeah Baby album And it came out after Pun Passed so, like Jesus. I mean, I mean, it, it, and it peaked on number three on Billboard and earned gold, so that was good. And I mean, like, you know, where would Pun have fallen because it's so hard was hot. I think it does get a boost because of the subject matter and when it came out. Let me see when It's So Hard actually came out. They released It's So Hard after he passed as well. But, like, it is. You know, where does Pun fall if Pun does not pass? Where is Terror Squad? Like, how do we view not just Big Pun, but like the whole group? Like, how do we look at Terror Squad? Which I think is interesting as well. You know, like, where are we looking at Fat Joe? Where are we looking at, you know, Cuban Link? Um, you know are we even talking about Remy Ma Because Remy Ma was after Pun passed are we even talking about Remy Ma So I mean We could be talking about a whole Different shift in rap history If Pun doesn't pass Away And that that's like a discussion for a whole Different day like a What if Big Pun didn't pass away Like just I mean, if the quality of work stayed at Capital Punishment level, then I mean, you have to think he's like rate top 10 all time. Because Capital Punishment was such a good album. It was tight. It was, you know, all, you know, none, none, none of the tracks let you down. Because that's what trips a lot of albums up is like the album you know it's got it's got a few bangers but there's a lot of stuff that just it just lets you down, and for Capital Punishment to have, I mean how many tracks does this album have? Because I don't remember I know it's got definitely more than ten. It's got twenty four tracks, although I mean let me do some quick counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven are skits, right? Seven are skits. Rain and the Sun is technically an interlude, so I'll say eight. So sixteen tracks, and nothing lets you down. Nothing makes you go, nah, okay, I can do without this. Like, it was good. It's just good. It's got a point. I mean, it's as good as as you know. And that's the that's what I guess my thing is about the skill uh, of of. Big pun, right, because it's a gangster album, right, and everybody was doing the gangster album thing in the late 90s, especially in the wake of the passing of Big and and Pac, like, gangster album was the thing, even before them, but it became much more the thing, because there was such that void now, and... When you start looking at the Gangstrapers, you really do have to look at who's got the who's got the technical aspect of it down, who is a versatile MC who's got a wide range of deliveries, who's got a, a deeper vocabulary, who can play with words the best. And pun is right there. Like listening to pun on this album. I mean, he's got a variety of flows. He goes fast on some tracks. He goes slow and smooth on some tracks. He hits you with a little double time on twins. He hits you with some singing on the rain and the sun. You know what I mean? It there's a lot of um You know, there's a lot there For Pun So I think I think Pun would be top 10 I think You know, honestly Just off this one album He should be top 10 At least top 20 I mean, this album is Completely fire Like, I knew Pun was good Like I said, off of Still Not A Player And off of Twins But, I mean, some of the stuff on this album is great. I only got one negative to say, and it's hard for me to even be negative about this because it's not a pun problem. It's a albums of the '90s problem, and it's all these skits. <laughs> it's all these skits that just get on my nerves, especially like the sex skits. Like like Big has this too, and I hate I hate it because it wrecks one of my favorite Big songs, which is Respect. Because the song is great And then they spend the last Like 30 seconds to a minute With Big I I believe that's the track where he's getting head in it And it's just like I can't put this on the workout playlist I can't play this in in the car I can't play this with friends Because it it quick cuts to you Getting a blowjob With extremely Vividly loud details and it's like the same thing. I'm listening to Capital Punishment and four tracks in, Taster's Choice, he's having a threesome and it's just like, man, come on. At least, but at least the pun had the decency to put it on a separate track and not make super lyrical have the ending be sex. Like, like Big. did. Big did us dirty. I don't know if it was big or subduces, but they did us dirty because Respect is such a good song. such a good song But anyway man Capital Punishment It's a classic You don't need me To tell you that though It is Hey man Like Just check it out It can't hurt Like If you never heard Capital Punishment Just Just listen to it It's such a good album End to end So now Going from The old school To the new stuff and before I say this one If you have any suggestions On new artists I should check out Drop a uh, comment You can tweet me or email me New people check out The only requirements is I need to be able to either Get their stuff on It needs to be an album Or a mixtape Or an EP More than one or two songs And I need to either be able to get it on Spotify Or download it for free somewhere illegally Legally, L, -L 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 L-E-G-A-L-L-Y No piracy here, of course Um, So anyway, this next one The new guy New stuff, Loyal Karner And his uh, album Yesterday's Gone Now I know the album is not all that new It actually was released January 20th So it's actually almost It's closing in on six months It is six months old actually Through July Six month old album but it is pretty good. Um, like, I'm not going to lie. This is this was such a good album. And it's such a departure from what we were just talking about. Big pun, because big puns whole thing is hardcore gangster stuff. But yesterday's gone is a lot more. You know, smooth. So like for those who don't know, first off, loyal is British. I want to make sure I get that out there He is British um, Now I've been listening to a lot of grind And a lot of British hip hop So I can kind of I'm I'm used to that a little bit I'm used to the vocal inflections I'm used to the slang I'm used to the way they talk I'm used to words that I'm used to hearing With an American accent I'm used to how they sound In a British accent So if you do hear this and be like, I'm going to listen to Lloyd Connor, he is British. So be prepared because there might be some things you just don't understand. You might want to have genius open on the side as you listen. But the sound, his sound is so different because it's very soulful and smooth, almost like it's a jazz track behind him. As opposed to other artists the other artists they usually use it's either you know as far as the new stuff it's just like a basic trap beat or it's kind of heavily based in funk or it's heavily based on in techno the techno kind of scene the house scene or you know if it's um old school it's just you know taking james brown records you know but this this one it was Jazz basically Like if he wasn't Rapping on this you This could be playing In like on the elevator Or as like background music And you wouldn't think Nothing of it but I think it's cool the way that Loyal kind of elevated it Into Like yo this is a good Rap beat and that's something that the British have been Doing for a while Uh Especially with like Grime is they've been taking genres that you usually don't associate with rap and they've been rapping over it. Grime is like rap over dub beats or I believe it's house beats. I forget which one, but it's basically like hype, like high beats per minute techno music. And they're rapping over it. Like at first listen, it might sound like techno. And then they actually get to the raps. And you're like, oh man, they got raps. So that's Lloyd Connor. He hits you he is with the jazz. Now, just like when I talked about um Capital Punishment and how I said it had no bad tracks. Um, Yesterday's Gone, no bad tracks. This was I actually found this by looking at like best albums of twenty seventeen, and this was rated in the top ten. And even um according to Metacritic, it's got an eighty four percent. On Metacritic, if this is a good album, you know it's a good album. It's a, it's personal stuff too. It's not just, um, I like guess believable. I guess that's part of the thing that helps it is that I believe what he's saying. I don't think he's making this up. I don't, you know, have to suspend disbelief that oh man, he really ain't out here on the corner selling drugs. He really ain't out here riding around the a car. With the, with, you know, the, the gun in the glove compartment, you know, he ain't out here with some shooters running up on people's spot. Like I don't, I don't have to imagine that I can listen to this loyal corner and I can be like, yo, this is, you know, this is the dude, basically it's like poetry read over jazz, almost like spoken word, but it's, it is a, is rap enough to, did you tell he's rapping? He's not just speaking over the, the jazz, the jazz has been kind of molded and elevated into rap, and the really you can almost call it poetry for real has been wrapped on the beat, and it's very it's a very enjoyable album. Um, my favorite tracks on it were the Isle of Iran, Plus Forty Four, Florence, No CD, Mrs C, really the whole thing. It was hard for me not just put the whole album on here because you I mean like I said I was talking about Capital Punishment. Usually these albums have a couple of great tracks, a couple of good tracks, and then a few tracks where you wonder how did this even make it on the, onto the record. But this Loyal Karner, Yesterday's Gone, is full of just good stuff. It is just end-to-end quality. End-to-end. And, and I would recommend everybody Let's go ahead and check it out. It is on Spotify. Loyal Corner. Yesterday's gone. It is great. And now moving on to the last part, Mr. Gaming. I could have done two things today, but I haven't had enough time to really digest the new things from FIFA. So I'm not going to talk about that today. I am going to talk about NBA Live officially announcing they're going to release a demo. I believe it is August 11th. I believe it is August 11th. I'm doing a double check now because I don't want to give y'all incorrect information. But I'm almost certain we're talking August 11th on this demo. The internet is not working as quickly as I anticipated it would. Not going to lie to you. But anyway the fact that they're releasing a demo. So what 2K has done the last few years, they don't really release a demo. Um, last year's they didn't give us nothing. This year, they gave us the Prelude, which was the My Career. So now, yes, August 11th. Um, and they've, they've already been showing it with things like EA Play. They've already been showing it. And I think the fact that they're doing this August when I think 2K is set to release in September, especially since we're kind of starved for 2K content, because 2K, and I'm going to get to it in a second, but 2K has the nerve to sweat people for pre-orders when they haven't given us any demo. But anyway, it's great that they're releasing a demo because... I think this is going to work out well for them. I honestly think, because there's there's some rumors whether or not they're releasing in, in September, like regular, like 2K is going to do and how basketball games usually do, how they release before the season, or if they're going to release in December to give themselves more time. Now, August demo release kind of signals a September full game release. But honestly, I think a December release would be great too. Because here's what happens in 2K. The game comes out in September. First off, they do all the promo at the end of August, early September. Everybody gets really hyped for the game to be released. Then it comes out, and all the problems kind of crop up, but we're still kind of caught up in the game being new, so maybe it's just a glitch, and it'll, maybe they'll fix it in patches. And then a couple months go by, and nothing really gets fixed, and the game is still kind of glitchy, and then people get upset about 2K. And then right around Christmas... Is when people really are just kind of on this Okay I'm doing this game entirely I need something new I would go play something else If it was there And I think that's why you saw such a big exodus From 2K to like NBA Playgrounds When it came out So imagine if there was an actual uh, NBA game Simulation game Now I think the demo is going to help them as well Especially if Two K doesn't drop any footage between now and the 11th, so Two K really got a week to get it together. In the words of Kendrick, they got a week to get themselves together. So, if I was EA, I better hope this thing is crisp, because for those who don't know, you know, some people might not have been paying attention back then. A demo is what really caused Two K to become the imminent basketball title, right? Let me let me explain. Let me give y'all a quick history lesson. So it's 2010, and we're down to two basketball games. We're down to NBA Live and NBA 2K. Throughout the 90s, we had other games, but we you know we had, they had there were some issues that happened. And so what happens is Live 10 comes out. It's alright It's nothing special It's alright T- The October 2010 era comes out They come out with a demo Of their new game They said they were going to go through this whole thing And basically like, We're going to revamp the series And we're going to call it NBA Elite 11 Durant's on the cover It was supposed to be this big change They They change the controls to really right stick everything really what 2k is doing now with the right stick being the shop stick elite tried to do it EA tried to do it with elite and it just didn't work Um, and they were going to have all these different modes and then the demo dropped and it was bad I mean it was so bad so first off the one everybody knows uh happened is the andrew bynum jesus pose which i will tell you this um what that actually was is for anyone who's done game development the t pose that's the default pose of a game model so basically there was some kind of glitch where uh Players would just stop moving. And Bynum Jesus is uh, is the biggest one. Is just Andrew Bynum. It opposed. Everyone knows it. And it's hilarious. Um, I'm reading up on the Wikipedia page. Apparently there was another one where all Dang had a hot spot on the left baseline that he never missed from. And then there was like, I think Tim Duncan. Well, I think everybody was automatic from three because of the way that the shot stick worked like they had green like they had green beans before 2k had it right like they had the shot meter and if you hit it perfect it would go in all the time but the thing is it was so easy to hit it perfect you can be pulling threes with tim duncan so they canceled elite 11 they didn't even do a game for the 2012 cycle which was hilarious They came out with Jam again And on fire They had the Jam on fire edition Which was a, a great game Like that's like a top 5 basketball game all the time NBA Jam on fire edition uh, That was fun The block party is heating up Then they Tried it again with live 13 And I don't think This one I've, I I kind of remember NBA live 13 I want to say the reason was this For this not working was just because it didn't work They just They just canceled it straight away Like they just And I'm going to say this Right I'm okay with that If you're going to say This game sucks We aren't going to release it To me Yeah there's going to be jokes But that's That's a great idea To not Just put out a game that you know sucks. And that you know is going to have people clowning you. Especially since you know it's going to suck. And then they finally came back with live 14, which I'm not going to lie. I totally forgot about. But it got a 4.3 out of 10 from IGN. I guess Metacritic score is 43%. That is atrocious. Then they came out with 15. Which got around a 60, which is better. Then they had 16, which about a 6. They didn't do 17. They skipped 17 entirely. And here we are. And I think now this is like the best time for life to come back because what's happened is 2K rose and 2K looked great. And now 2K looks terrible. Like there have been so many issues with NBA 2K, especially 2K17. You've got the issues with all of the bans. You got the issues with the servers that have been issues forever. You've got the issues with the social media representatives who are just kind of tools. That's just what it is. There are so many problems with 2K. I believe that this is the time for if live can come out with a good entry, not no garbage, come out with some good. If you have a good basketball game. I think live can take take people. I think they could take people away from. 2K this year. I truly believe that. I don't know if they'll regain their footing, but if they can come out with a good game, and it sounds like they've actually ran this through people. Like, they've been running it through people's EA players in, what, June, July? So they've been running it through people for a while. So I'm interested. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be upfront. I'm interested. Show me what you got. Show me what you got, uh, EA. Because who knows, I might buy both this year I might not buy, I don't know If 2K is still on 2K things Where The servers are trash And If they don't keep upgrading I see my GM got a lot of upgrades If my career Doesn't have really good upgrades And if my team is still Kind of what it is I don't know man, I might just Go live Especially since there probably won't be much Server lag Server, Most people won't be on the servers Because nobody's going to be playing the game So I don't know man I might play it But anyway y'all that is the end of the show Thank you for checking out This edition of the 2 Black 2 Tall Podcast Once again you can find us iTunes, Stitcher Follow on Twitter At TBTTshow Email TBTTshow at gmail.com This has been the Midweek Show. I'll be back again on Monday with the News and Opinion Show. And I just want to remind everybody, Black Lives Matter and rape is not the victim's fault. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you soon.